Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. With me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales, and today we're going to talk about what we land on. Well, I think we landed on uh, peer support. Peer support. Okay, peer can support. You... Yeah, because we're all familiar with the more well-known methods of of support for people with mental illness. You know, doctors and and all of that kind of thing. But it's not the only resource out there. Well, it's not. Now, a couple of things. So we should probably differentiate between a certified peer supporter, and they're they're, they're called different things in in other states. For example, in the state of Ohio, they're called a certified peer recovery supporter. Um, in other okay. states, they're just called peer specialists, but but the, the the certified is really what we're talking about because peer support is just one person giving support to another. You have right. that in, for example, right, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. So, and then we want to, if you're a volunteer for an organization, you're also providing peer support if you're leading a support group or or volunteering somewhere like that. So, so mm-hmm. let's nail it down. We're talking about okay. certified peer supporters. Certified licensed whatever whatever they've got to be wherever they are yes where they've the done ones, some training to the trained ones that's, yes. that's the key trained peer supporters okay <laughs> let's talk about that let's do it and i i know that you have a, a lot of experience with that yes for the state of ohio i'm one of the people that is in charge of making sure that this is carried out accurately i work for a consumer operated service that has the grant that watches over this program for the state of ohio on behalf of well, the state of Ohio. How long you been doing that? Well, we we the organization that I work for got the grant about two years ago. So, so two years uh, before that, I was a volunteer for an organization that watched over it. So, in in an official capacity, we're we're going to go with a couple of years. Okay. So, how does the training prepare you for that in ways that, as you put it, a, a volunteer would not have? Just like going to college, it prepares you to get a job and learn your skills, to grow your skills. So the the certification program gives you the basic information that you need to arrive at a specific level. It, it, it doesn't mean that you know it all. It doesn't mean that you don't need to keep learning. And of course, it doesn't mean that you have any experience. It just teaches you the basics, you know, from, from skills like ethics and boundaries, skills like de-escalating skills, the role of a peer supporter or a peer specialist. Where do you fit in? Uh, where do you belong? Basic things like that. Uh, my favorite lesson in there, and and uh, you know I, I throw favorite around a lot, but my favorite lesson in there is that it's not about the peer supporter. It's about the person that they serve. A lot of us get into this because we want to use our stories to help. We're just we're gung ho to help. We want to help, uh, but it's not. It's we, we shouldn't get into this because we want to help. We should get into this because we want to help in a way that's effective. Uh, so it's not about making the peer supporter feel good. It's about providing appropriate peer support for the peer. Right. Okay. I can actually relate to that to some degree. When I was trained as a suicide prevention counselor, one of the questions that was brought up in our, in our classes was, are we supposed to share our own stories with the callers? And the general answer to that was not particularly no. You shouldn't really share much about yourself unless you are absolutely certain 
there's a good reason for it. And that even then you should keep it minimal because as you put it, it's not about you. It's about them. Vin, that is an excellent example of peer support because the counselors understand suicidality and they've been there themselves and they're talking to somebody that needs help with that. So the two people have a basic understanding because one is going through something that the other one has been through. That's accurate in some cases, and, and I would venture to say quite a lot of cases, but not every person who becomes a suicide counselor was ever in their lives suicidal or attempted suicide. However, almost everybody has been touched by it. They've lost loved ones to suicide and, and became counselors because of that. You're, you're partially right. There are a lot of us that were you know, actively suicidal at some point in our lives or even attempted, but not everyone. Well, and for those people, then it would be true peer support. Somebody that's been through that suicidality, helping somebody through it, that would be an example of peer support. Now, at least in the state of Ohio, and you know our show is, is, is national, so I don't want to speak for every state, so please look this up for yourself. But in the state of Ohio, family members can't become peer supporters uh, unless they themselves also have mental illness or addiction. Whereas it sounds like in, in that case, somebody that is adjacent uh, can certainly yeah, adjacent. provide help. Well, in fact, you know, I, I would venture to say that there are probably people who are suicide counselors who have never lost someone to suicide or been suicidal themselves. They, they just have an interest in, in doing it. Um, I personally don't know any, anyone that's, that fits that description, but certainly possible. There are no, no requirements for becoming one other than going through the training. In the case of us becoming a, a certified peer supporter, again, speaking specifically for the state of Ohio and what I've seen in other states, you do have to have that lived experience uh, with mental illness or addiction because the thing that makes you a peer is that you do have that lived experience. And the idea of being a peer is that it's power neutral. There, there's no authority over somebody else. And while we shouldn't have this in, you know, seeing your doctor, or your therapist, et cetera, we, we do sometimes have that, that, that authority syndrome. So the idea behind peer support is I have been where you are and right. I'm going to help guide you through it. We're not going to solve it for you. We're not going to enable you. We're not going to, we're, we are just one piece of the puzzle. And that's something that's important to discuss. I spend a lot of time convincing society that this is not about the inmates running the asylum. This is not about mentally ill people treating other mentally ill people and getting rid of all the doctors and the therapists and medication. That, that's not what it's about. We have, a, mm -hmm. we have a specific place that we fit and we fit well. It's like we've discussed on numerous occasions. There are all sorts of people out there who don't understand mental illness probably especially depression because there's so many misconceptions about that. But just this past week, I, I was listening to somebody speak who said that he never understood depression. He just thought that it was weakness on a person's part until his life took a spiral. He entered a deep depression and all of a sudden he was like, well, hell, now I get it. That is off as the case. Gabe, question for you. Can you, in a nutshell, tell us what a certified peer specialist does and does not do? Well, Vin, as you know, I can't do anything in a nutshell, but I can rambly for explain sure. <laughs> <laughs> for the next two minutes and, and do the best that I can. Essentially, the role of a peer supporter is to provide support to somebody that has a similar lived experience. So for example, 
I have bipolar disorder. Good peer support would be for me to talk to somebody that was just diagnosed with bipolar disorder and explain to them some of the things that they can expect to happen over the next couple of weeks, months, years, etc. Like so, how they can expect their meds to work or not work and the process that they're going to have to go through. I get it. Sure. Right. And uh, things that come up during that phase are my doctor's not helping me. And I would say mm. something along the lines of, you know, I felt that way too. And it wasn't for another year that I realized that that's just how the process looks. It wasn't personal toward me. I didn't realize that this was my role in it. Remember, people diagnosed that it, it comes out of nowhere. I, I really like the phrase tour guide. Peer supporters are a <laughs> tour guide on the recovery journey. That is a good way to look at it. Yeah. And the second part of your question is what should they not do? Uh, a certified peer specialist, peer supporter, recovery supporter, etc., should not diagnose, should not get in between you and the mental health professional, should not do it for you. If there is something going wrong uh, or something that the peer supporter doesn't like or something that seems out of place, it's okay to mention it. But the, the power needs to remain with the person that you're helping. So you should avoid saying, you need to go do X. You should do what you, you should say. It may be in your best interest. Have you considered when mm -hmm. this happened to me? Maybe we should go to a meeting and look at how other people did it. Maybe you should talk this out. But saying, you need to fire your doctor and hire this doctor, not okay. You need to right. stop taking your medication, not okay. You should start taking this medication, not okay. That is that is way way over the line and not something that a that a good peer supporter would do right right so can you tell us about some of the pushback that peer supporters receive because well, not everybody's a big fan people aren't first and foremost if you believe now think about this for a moment if you believe that the role of a certified peer supporter is to take the place of a therapist a doctor a prescriber I can see why you wouldn't like peer support. Uh, and in fact, if that were the definition, you should not. Peer supporters should never get involved in that role. They should be adjacent to that role. They should assist with that role. So I think that there's a general misunderstanding. But I also like to say this. It fascinates me. Peer support is not a new concept. People living with mental illness and addiction did not invent peer support. If you go to a sales training, it's led by a top salesperson. If you go to a management seminar, it's led by a top manager. If you're taking real estate classes, it's taught by a real estate agent. And Weight Watchers is all people that have lost weight, helping people that are trying to lose weight. So peer support, just in general, has existed for... I don't know, forever. I'm sure that way, way, way back in the olden days, the people that knew how to hunt taught the people that were trying to learn how to hunt. And that's peer support. So people right. with mental illness were just kind of late to the game. And when we stood up and said, hey, we think that peer support could help our people. For some reason, all of the sudden, people thought, hey, peer support sounds stupid. You shouldn't do that. You need a doctor. You need trained professionals. Okay. And but they do. Only? But... The, yeah. They they interjected a word in there. You yeah. only need trained professionals. You don't need anybody that can help explain what you're going through or commiserate with you. Commiseration mm -hmm. is very important. 
Some of the most powerful support I ever got was when somebody hugged me and said, I know where you are. I was once there and you're going to be okay. That had a lot of power, but that wasn't the only thing that got me well. It was one of them. Right. There's a, um, there's been a push here in California to have peer supporters as a, as a fixture basically in, um, psychiatric emergency departments and, and all of that because of just how, how much better a, a new patient can, can deal with things if there is a peer there who understands and can relate to them. And I, I think there's a lot of value in that. That is a great role for a certified peer supporter. But, but listen, we also need to talk about, you know, maybe a bigger elephant in the room. And that is peer supporters work cheaper. Let, let's not ignore the, the entire scope of how using certified peer supporters can help. You can't have a therapist, somebody with a master's degree, sit with somebody in a waiting room for three hours. And hospitals, they're already losing money hand over fist on their yeah. psychiatric departments. So if you can pay somebody a, a living wage, I'm not talking about you know underpaying, I'm just talking about paying less than what you're paying psychiatrists, PhDs, therapists, to just say, hey, look, don't leave. Your turn is coming. I will, I will stay here with you. I will keep you calm. And I know it's a long wait, but it's not because they don't care. It's because we're helping other people and I will sit here with you. That's something that hospitals can look into. It's something they can afford. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I, I wish, I wish we lived in a society where they could just hire, you know, 20 more psychiatrists and there was no wait in the waiting room. But that's, that's not we, where we, we don't. live. We don't have enough psychiatrists for that to happen, even if we could afford it. We certainly they just, don't. They, they don't exist. They don't. And again, we can't ignore that it's also helpful. People are afraid of their doctors. I know people that have been in treatment for two years that still are leery of uh, the medical profession. And uh, you don't have that with a peer because... They're one of us. Now, I'm not saying that their fear is reasonable. I'm just saying that they have it. Yeah, that's a good point, you know, being afraid of, uh, of the medical professionals. So clearly what we need is a peer supporter in every dentist's office. <laughs> if you think about it, I, I'm actually glad that you said that because, listen, I, I had a peer supporter in the dentist office. It was my Did mom. Did you really? It was my oh. mom. Okay, I, I mean, sure. None of us went, listen, let's take this to its logical conclusion. None of us went to the dentist alone for the first time. Do you know how many of us go to the psychiatrist, to the emergency room, to the psychiatric ward alone for the first time? Many of us. And good a good deal of us were dropped off by the police. Right. And, and, and there's nobody there that understands. Listen, when I was six years old, my mom held my hand at the dentist. And, and I'm, I'm not proud to admit this. But when I was 16 years old, my mom held my hand at the dentist. <laughs> I don't know that I still go to the dentist alone. I did not get picked up by the police for a tooth emergency and dropped off at the dentist and just told to take it because it was for my own good. I'd have been terrified. But that is what we have in psychiatric services. So yep. it's basically like a mom, except we're called certified peer supporters. We're basically superheroes. All right, Mr. Superhero. So let me ask you, what do you think is probably the biggest single problem 
there is with the public perception of peer supporters. I really believe that it does boil down to to stigma. I, I don't use that word often, but I believe that the public doesn't think that somebody living with mental illness has much to offer. So if somebody living with mental illness doesn't have anything to offer the general society, period, society is really going to be reluctant to believe that we have anything to offer other people with mental illness. You know, there's the phrase, the inmates running the asylum, the monkey running the zoos, they they all came up from somewhere. I really think that there's just this core belief in the uninitiated that people living with mental illness can't do anything productive. And being a peer supporter relies on productivity. We must be productive. And we're also working with a population that they also don't understand. So if they don't understand us in any capacity, they probably don't understand that we can do well. And of course, they're afraid of us. And they truly, truly believe, these are not bad people. These are fearful people that believe that what we're saying is, stop seeing your doctor, stop taking your meds, stop trying to get well. All the mentally ill people are going to hang out and whip themselves up into a little frenzy with misinformation. And then they're all going to strike. It's kind of ridiculous if you say it that way, but it is the general perception and it's wrong. So how do we fix that? By doing what we do. One of the ways that we fix it is by having certified peer specialists. The certified is a big deal. We all could have got together and just called ourselves peer supporters. Hey, I'm a peer supporter. What do you do? I help people with mental illness. But we didn't. We legitimized it by providing certification. In the state of Ohio, it's 40 hours in classroom, it's 16 hours online, so that's 56 hours worth of training. And then there's CEUs, continuing education units that you have to do. Mm -hmm. You, of course, have to work someplace that monitors you. You can lose your certification if you're not doing it correctly. So we've legitimized the process by training, education, and, of course, taking it seriously. And that that's a big, big thing. We're not just throwing on a hat and declaring a status. We're having people earn their certification and then we're monitoring them. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks for all the information. I'm, I'm a lot clearer now on, on the whole certified peer support thing. Well, that's not a problem. And Vin, listen, you're, you're a peer. You are one of us and, and we all had questions about it, myself included. Way back when, when I first heard about this peer support thing, I scratched my head and I thought, wait, what now? You're doing what now? This, this, so... I will admit that it sounded sketchy to me, but I kept an open mind and I learned about it. So at the end of the day, that really is what I would like the rest of society to do. Just keep an open mind, learn about it, and see the, the good that we can do. Excellent. Thanks. You're very welcome. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please review and share and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're grabbing the Psych Central Show podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. 
You can learn more about Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.